Tell your friends, the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Max show. Good to have you with us. Marky, how you feeling today after the holiday? I'm, I'm pretty good. Thanks very much. Thanks for asking. I appreciate it. Good. So I want you to read the, the first story we've got. Now, when the yes. first line says a cheeky bloke. Yes. I've got to assume this is coming from Great Britain, dude. It's coming from the UK. A cheeky, okay. a cheeky bloke yeah. has used his initiative to uh, get himself and his friends through a three-hour traffic jam in just 10 minutes wow. with nothing but a high-visibility vest and a little bit of confidence. Okay. Nathan Twomley and his buddies initially joined the backlog of cars that had built up after a concert at Malahide Castle in Dublin, Ireland over the weekend. But after speaking to another, uh, speaking to other drivers who said they'd already been in this gridlock traffic for hours, he decided he was going to hatch a plan. Mm-hmm. This 27-year-old from Dublin borrowed a work vest from 26-year-old Sean Rafferty, who had one in his trunk, and got to work getting the cars in front of them to move out of the way. <laughs> Nathan brazenly knocked on the car windows and told them to make way for a car coming through while simultaneously guiding his pals all the way to the front of the queue. Where wow. traffic That's where the traffic cop finally realized what he was doing. But by uh-huh. then, he was through. <laughs> wow. That's this guy's my, he's my hero. He, yes, very cool. But also, when he gets to the front, he's got a whole line of people that are going to find out where he lives. You know, right. this is like somebody going down the shoulder to avoid that long traffic uh-huh. on 280. You know, uh-huh. you're stuck in a jam, yeah. and there goes one person, or that as they're weaving traffic to the right, you know, because you got a oh, well, lane blocked, mm-hmm. and there's that one guy that stays in the left as long yes. as he can in the last minute. He wants to cut over, and you're going, dude. The rest of us played by the rules. No, you're not getting over. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, Mark, yes, Dave. every time we have a kangaroo story, I think of the Beverly Hillbillies episode with Granny and the kangaroo. You know? Yeah, I know. And the thing is, is that, you know, I've never actually remember watching the Beverly Hillbillies like in prime time, because by the time I was watching TV with them, they were like an afternoon rerun or something, you know? Right, yeah. And there's yeah. a lot of those famous shows like that that I don't remember, you know, hmm. until they were already, you know, they were not in prime time anymore. Yeah. But can you imagine the promos and things leading up to Granny fighting the kangaroo? Yeah. You know, it was like 63 million people tuned in to watch. In a country that only had 150 million at the time. Think mm. about that for a yeah. minute. That's a lot. And yeah. I mean, of the adults, I mean, think about it. The country had to be what? If they got 150 million people, say mm-hmm. 50 million are kids, right? Yeah. So out of 100 million adults picking, 63 million were watching right. TV. Yeah. The other 37 million didn't have a TV yet. You know? I mean, <laughs> so how many were tuning in to see I Love Lucy? Wasn't, a, wasn't that 6 was million? Huge. It was, it was, no, it was huge. It was more than that. Yeah. It, the, the rate, yeah, the ratings for, because again, A, you only had three channels. Right. B, yeah. you know, uh, with Lucy, you know, they credited Lucy and uh, Milton Burl with selling more TVs because the shows were so popular. Right. Yeah. That people were like, I got to buy a TV so I yeah. keep, don't keep missing out. Yeah. That, that's, why, I know, I mean. that's why I said 6 million because that's the number that sticks in my head. You know, it's okay. 6 million. And at the time, 
you that's that thing about not having TVs, selling a lot of right. TVs. That that kind of makes sense. There were six million okay. was a lot yeah. of people at that time. But then you, you're you, probably right. But then you got ninety something million to tune into, <laughs> however many tunes into to Granny fighting a kangaroo. That's that's sixty three million. Sixty three yeah. million. That's huge. That's just yeah. absolutely huge. Okay, I looked up something while you were talking about right, that, yeah, Mark. And yeah. here's the deal: on the ep- okay, this the kangaroo was just a regular episode of Van- of, of Beverly Hillbillies. It wasn't a special or anything. Okay. But on the special episode, January 19th, 1953, that's when Lucy went to the hospital to have the little mm-hmm. Ricky. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 75% of homes with a TV watched. Wow. 75% watched. Now, that drew about 44 million viewers. That was, yeah, there you go. 44 million wow. in 1953. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So. Anyway, back to the kangaroo, the kangaroo story. Yes. <laughs> Police in Louisiana say they have finally, they safely captured a kangaroo that was spotted hopping loose next to an East Baton Rouge Parish road. The kangaroo was caught on video hopping loose next to a road in Zachary, and a photo posted to social media last Wednesday showed the, the marsupial standing near a group of mailboxes. The Zachary Police Department said the kangaroo was successfully captured Thursday morning. Now, they didn't say where the animal came from. Kangaroos are considered exotic animals by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. They are not legal to be kept as pets in Louisiana. Oh. So I, somebody's got a, an illegal roo. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> and there's actually more to this story. And yeah. actually, okay. it's, it's down deeper in your stack, but I'm going to go ahead and pull it up here. The, right. the owners of that kangaroo that was spotted wandering around Louisiana in Louisiana right. said it was released from his enclosure by... A mischievous parrot. The, ca- <laughs> the kangaroo named Baxter was caught on camera wandering around Zachary last week, and police said the animal was safely captured and returned to its home Thursday morning. Baxter's owners run a nonprofit called Bird Recovery International, which specializes in returning exotic wild birds to their natural habitat. They said Baxter shares his home with more than a dozen parrots, and one of those birds named Thor. <laughs> I wonder if Thor has a big hammer. Recently wow. learned to open the lock to the kangaroo's enclosure. <laughs> so, so Baxter the parrot learned how to unlock the enclosure and let the kangaroo out. Or wow. Thor the parrot, that is. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and uh mark you know in a we were talking about kangaroos a few minutes ago mm-hmm. and yeah they're illegal in louisiana but you know in texas they're yeah. legal to own really in yeah they're actually illegal in a lot of states but in many many not in all okay in some states you can own a kangaroo or exotic pet if you have a permit hmm. um to have them you know for various reasons but it's just kind of funny because you can own your own pet kangaroo like in Idaho, Nevada, New Mexico, and a whole bunch of other states um, huh. without a permit. Okay. Okay. So just check your local listings <laughs> before you go out and buy a, I just, a dog is one thing. Okay. Know, you know, yeah. by owning a dog or a cat is one thing, yeah. but owning an animal bit, to be honest with you, they look like they're awesome pets. They look like they'd be a lot of fun, but they also look like. If they got mad, they could just stomp you into yeah. a mud hole, man. Yeah, I, I've seen video of them kicking people. 
you know, they, yes. they suddenly shift the, all that weight back up on that tail. And then those two back feet with those huge legs, boom. Right. <laughs> and that's not flying. in a cartoon. No, right. it's not. <laughs> well, that's what, you know, what was it? The steel pier in Atlantic city back in the day when they had like the woman jumping the horse into a bucket of water or whatever. And, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. doing crazy stunts in that they had like cats boxing one another, but they also had, <laughs> you could volunteer, you could pay a dollar to go fight, box a kangaroo, you know? And I thought, what would be more entertaining, getting beat up by a kangaroo or watching two kittens with or cats with boxing gloves on, you know? I would like to meet the person that trained those cats. Because- yep, there you go. <laughs> Look it up. You know, when I was, okay, a little insight into the yeah. crazy mind of Dave, because I don't care for science and stuff like that. I actually spent a year studying the Rat Pack. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, in my private time, that's what I did, Mark, <laughs> just for fun, you know, because I never kind of got that whole up. But the career thing of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin, it's pretty amazing. And this, then, is, this is me not shocked. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm just, <laughs> but in that it was they were talking about the Steel Pier, Atlantic City. And right. that's where, you know, when Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis got together at the 500 Club, they were both separate acts at the time and they got together and performed there. And anyway, but it was, I didn't, I don't know much about the, I don't know much about Atlantic city, New Jersey, you know, mm, I don't know its yeah. history or anything else. Right, I just yeah. know that I just remember when they, you know, built when they allowed gambling and, you know, and, and brought out the casinos, like they have many versions of casinos in Vegas in Atlantic city. That's all I know. Hmm. And so in looking it up, I thought this sounds like a crazy place. And it was back in its heyday. They did crazy stuff along Atlantic city. So. Wow. I there's actually film you can watch of a woman jumping jumping a horse off of a tower into a a bucket of water basically, you know? I'm like, <laughs> how do you train a horse to do that, you know? How do you how do you get the horse to climb the ladder? That's what I really want to know. <laughs> and how do you get a blindfolded horse up that high? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> up 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 come on up up up. Oh. I mean, and then the cat, you know, you, you asked uh, about the cat. I did. I just want to know how they got gloves on the cats. <laughs> well, I, I want to know who went to the hospital to try to do that. <laughs> That's where cats in the kettle really came from. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show, you know, Mark, I've never really thought about African land snails. Never. I, I can honestly tell you, in my mind, in yeah. the history of my brain thinking, I've never put <laughs> giant African land snails together as something that I ought to look into. But now I'm thinking, are these like the difference between the snails you eat on your plate and like, I mean, like shrimp versus lobster? Is that what we're dealing with here? You know, the giant African land snail? What comes to mind for me is... That back in the, uh, I, I think it was late fifties, early sixties. There were a, there was a slew, a bunch of black and white sci-fi mu- uh, movies featuring giant versions of certain things. Right, like there were giant ants, there were giant grasshoppers, and other things. Right, that's what this makes me think of: giant African snails. Okay. You know what? I mean? Why would you be? But why would you really be afraid? Because 
they're still going to be slow, you know, <laughs> unless they're wearing a mask and going through the woods at a camp somewhere, you know. Right. Exactly. Chances are you can outrun them. <laughs> you would think so. You would think so. But a gardener in Pasco County, like I'm thinking this is, uh, yeah, okay, this is uh, Florida, recently found a giant African land snail, or what Florida officials calls one of, call one of the most damaging snails in the world. The giant African land snail gobbles up plants and can carry a parasite known to give people meningitis, according to the Florida Ooh. Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. The state last week confirmed the sighting. The snail was found in the Newport Ritchie area. The agency said it would start putting snail bait on properties within about six <laughs> i know yes about 600 feet of where the snail was spotted i don't even want to know what snail wow. bait is i just don't want to know the snails can grow to be about the size of a fist according to the u.s department of agriculture they may uh, they eat many plants including peas beans and cucumbers but if they can't find enough vegetation the federal agency says giant african land snails will eat paint or stucco off of your house Wow. They can also lay more than a thousand eggs in a year. Investigators believe that uh, the outbreak began when a religious leader and his followers smuggled snails into the United States. He reportedly encouraged them to drink the snail's mucus. Oh, come on. Mm. <laughs> That's just lovely. Um, giant African land snails threaten people because they sometimes carry rat lungworm. That's a parasite known to cause meningitis rat lungworm <laughs> rat well, lungworm and or... snail mucus <laughs> yikes all right now i looked this up while you were yammering because yes. i'm thinking they're big i wanted to see a picture of how big they are yeah. they look like a regular snail just huge yes they were originally introduced into hawaii in 1936 and florida that crazy whatever cult guy mm -hmm. he brought them there to florida in 1966 now Florida originally went through an eradication campaign and spent over a million dollars and thought they had gotten rid of all of them, yeah. but they found one in uh, 2011 and started again. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm thinking they waited until 2015 to get going with eradication again, but I'm thinking whoever found that thing in 2011 right then started squishing. You know, if you start <laughs> stomping right then, you, you, bring in the, you bring in the cast to stomp, or the river dance people and say, here, over here in the grass, work, work out over here. We could have taken care of this problem in one afternoon. But no, waited four years. Uh-huh. It's your fault. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show it's good to have you with us today a couple of quick reminders hit up the main website at liferadio.fm make sure you tell your friends about it and uh, you can catch on with the daily bible study just pick up with today it's the read the bible in a year but you know and you can start at the beginning you can do whatever you want to do just yeah. read along with us and enjoy okay um Passaic, New Jersey, right? Yeah. And then where the whenever I see the word Passaic, right? I, yes. Somehow it seems like I remember that from Ghostbusters too. That's correct. Because yeah. Peter Vinkman was uh, hosting a TV <laughs> show of the paranormal, and some guy wrote a book, and or a woman was abducted, and Passaic was in there somehow. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, on June 13th, Daniela Velasquez stood behind a lectern in front of her class at Passaic County Community College and delivered her speech as valedictorian. Just 10 days later, she graduated from her high school in Passaic 
where she was also the, the valedictorian. Wow. It's remarkable, said Passaic County Community College President Stephen Rose. Few high school students become class valedictorians, and even fewer go on to become college valedictorians. He's never heard of anyone who's managed to do both simultaneously. Wow. He said, I'm not sure that we'll ever see it happen again. It's an incredible achievement. A humble Velasquez said she found out in late May she was number one at Passaic Preparatory Academy, one of the city's three public high schools. She finished with a 4.576 GPA. It wasn't until a few weeks ago that she learned she would also be Passaic County Community College's top students to, with a 3.99 GPA. Wow. Rose said, ah, I think she got like one A minus. Wow. Yeah. You know, whenever I hear people be negative about what you can and can't do nowadays, I you find people like this, and it really comes down to dedication, okay? Yeah. Now, as I'm thinking about this, my first thought was, well, okay, the worst part about being a valedictorian of your high school and your community college class at the same time is that while it's a wonderful achievement, none of the students know who you are. That's true. You know, <laughs> and when you go back to the house to have a graduation party, the only people that are there are your mom and dad, maybe grandma and grandpa. I mean, that's it. Cause you ain't got no friends, but you know, <laughs> what would you rather have, you know, this or friends in life i mean uh-huh. that's the decision you make but she made that i mean i'm just kidding because you know yeah, right yeah <laughs> i mean she had to have one friend i mean probably the janitor that she ate lunch with every day but you know i mean somebody was talking to her <laughs> school guidance counselor probably a guy with glasses named leonard yeah she's an overachiever yes. her and amy farrah fowler are joining <laughs> together right. in there uh, you know playing the harp <laughs> but it's still an excellent achievement mark absolutely but it is possible. Here's the other thing. If you're a parent or grandparent and you have a child that you really want to push on, say they're really just not challenged. And I get that, you know, mm. you can, it just depends on what you want and what they want. Because as you, you know, how, how many kids get out of high school and know what they want to do? Mm. Um, it's one of the reasons I do encourage junior college for many high school students, because they don't know if you don't know what you want, why spend thousands upon thousands of dollars at a four-year institution for the first two years when you don't know what you even want to study right spend that time and after two years at a community college you'll have a little bit better idea mm-hmm. you'll be a little bit older you'll be exposed to a few more things so i and i think that's the real value and in many cases a community college if you're smart you know and in, in the classes you pick they will transfer all your credits will transfer to a four-year institution mm-hmm. you know you just you, you have to, that's the only thing you want to make sure that way. Boom. You start at a four year college. You're already a junior. Wow. Just saying it's, yeah. it's not just, it's not just possible. It actually is very doable. And I encourage you to do it, especially if you don't know what you want to do yeah. or take the time off. Mm-hmm. I know that's, that used to be a thing, Mark, when when young people got out of high school, yeah. if they didn't go directly to college, the fear yeah. was that they would never go to college. They'd take a year. Yeah. 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 And I, I do think we see that happen but you know it's just as a parent you have you know more and more children are staying at home longer Mm -hmm. and even when they shouldn't and this might be the thing you give your kid a year where you say look if you don't know what you want to do you're tired of school you want to take a year off stay here we will help you take Mm -hmm. a year off and go in and enjoy get a job somewhere learn what it's like to work for minimum wage because without an education that's what you're stuck with Mm. you know yeah 
maybe you can find a trade you want to learn anything, yeah. but just, you know, figure it out. But mom and dad, that's where you come in and step up and say, I will foot the bill. Okay. I right. will help you yeah. because that's going to be more important than anything you can do. I think that's me personally. And what do I know? My kids don't hardly talk to me. So. <laughs> radio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark one of the things uh, that summertime for me brings about is a lot of memories from youth um being a a child and my our travels across country you know mm -hmm. and like when you watch the first vacation movie that came out in what 83 i think yeah um driving cross country in the family truckster mm -hmm. we did that in my family we actually did that yeah. Um, we had an international travel all, which was a tan version. That's of the a great vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, it was it back before SUVs were, we you know were common. Yeah. Um, and it was a big one. And yeah. I mean, think about it. International harvesters, not known for making cars for people. I mean, for making big trucks and stuff. Right. And that's what this was, but it, we had five kids in our family. I mean, there were a total of seven people piled into a car no matter where we went think about it yeah and we used that international harvester it was so big back when it was made that it had it had two gas tanks on it you know mm -hmm. because usually you use the first gas tank to get to the gas station and the second <laughs> gas tank you know to coast in well but, when they built the thing they figured you were going to use that first gas tank to climb that mountain trail to get to your camping spot right <laughs> and then the that next one it. that was it and the next one was getting yeah. home yeah exactly <laughs> so we actually drove that cross country you know and, wow. and thinking about it yeah but at the time you know it's like how everybody looks at family vacations a little bit different yeah i i learned over time the difference in difference in perspective, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. like I have certain memories about, and when I'm watching, like the reason I'm pointing this out is I got watching that original Chevy chase, Beverly D'Angelo, oh, yeah, yeah. uh, Michael Anthony Hall vacation movie over the weekend. Yeah. Just in bits and pieces. And I'm like, yeah. man, even remember when they got aunt Edna and they picked her up at cousin <laughs> Eddie's house and they're driving her. Yes. Well, we drove cross country from the West coast to North Carolina. Okay. Mm hmm and we get out there now my aunt hazel she had is it agoraphobia where you're afraid to go outside yes uh fear of spaces okay. yes okay well my aunt hazel for 10 years lived in norfolk virginia and would not leave her apartment wow and then one day she got up and said this is crazy i'm done with this and then she traveled from there on out yeah and so we pick her up on ocracoke island i think in north carolina and yeah. she rides back with us again in the family truckster. Wow. So that movie, so, that was like home movies for you, right? Buddy, it really was, except for the part where she died. But I'm talking about, you know, because Aunt Hazel didn't die. But you didn't strap, I her sitting, strap, strap her to the roof in a sitting upright position. No, but she would sit in the middle, and yes. Andrea and, and Michael would push her back and forth, you know, when she'd be asleep. Yes. And. Oh my goodness! That and, and the you know the car problems, the flat tire. We had that was the trip oh, where we gosh. were coming back. We're coming back on I forty, and we're outside of we're in yeah. uh, in Tennessee. And I I can't. I'm thinking we're outside <laughs> yeah, of Knoxville. Anyway, yeah. heading towards Nashville, and we had a flat tire. Oh no! And you know, in packing, think about it: seven people in one vehicle, 
And now we've got eight because of my Aunt Hazel. Yeah. And you know, we had to tote all this we didn't have a travel trailer wow. with us. So we had all the all the clothing, all the suitcases, everything. We were packed in there pretty tight. Wow. And it was a big but on the way out on our way back, we had a flat tire. And that's when my stepfather realized that he didn't check to see the condition of the spare tire. Uh-oh. And it was a learning thing because we're having, here you go, on the side of the road. And it's like, because my little twin brothers were little. They were probably six, I guess, five or six. And stay in the car, kids. You know, uh, yeah. it's hot and nasty out here. Yes. <laughs> and oh, so there, everybody's in the car, and Michael and I are out there getting stuff out. So we've got all of our suitcases on the side of the road like we're illegal aliens right. sitting inside those things. <laughs> and, you know, get there, and the spare doesn't work. The jack doesn't work. So even if he could have a decent spare, the jack didn't work. And it's like, oh, my goodness. So Yikes. my brother, this is in the day of the CB radio. My brother, he called himself the Bigfoot. Well, the Bigfoot <laughs> gets on KWJ6105. That wow. was our CB call sign. Can you believe wow. it? 40 years later, 50 years later, I can still remember KWJ6105. Wow. Michael got on there and got us help. And within 10 minutes, we've got a guy saying, hey, I'm, I'll be right there. Pulls over. It's Tom T. Hall and his touring band. And at the time, Tom <laughs> T. Hall had just had one of the biggest hits of all time that's with awesome. I Love. Oh, that's and awesome. <laughs> so his tour bus pulls over and they're on their way to Nashville. And Tom said, pull over, help them. And so they waited while they didn't have anything. They didn't knew they couldn't help, but they waited until help arrived. Wow. And that just parking his bus on the side of the road drew enough attention that they were able to get help. 10 minutes later, we had help. That's awesome. I'm not, and that, so you think about something that could have really been a bad thing, yeah. you know, and there you go. You get a story to tell all these years later. Wow. But the one thing I did learn mm -hmm. before you go on any trip, Check all your fluids and make sure you've got a jack and a flat that a spare that works. And if you really want to have a decent trip, don't use the daggone bicycle tire in the back. Go ahead and spend the money and buy a full-size spare. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. You know, uh, Mark, many is the time when you've gone through a difficult time and somebody hasn't shown the proper um, empathy. Mm. Uh, you know, you say yeah. something like, walk a mile in my shoes kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I would not want to walk a mile in this guy's shoes. <laughs> no. Just saying. Just <laughs> no. throwing it out there. No, no. There's a guy in Idaho. It's a guy who's broken a, a handful of Guinness World Records. He's broken another one. He walked 3.4 miles balancing a guitar on his chin. Wait a minute. Is this our STEM education guy? It is. It's David okay. Rush. It's Guinness uh -huh. Records, man. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> Guinness Records, man. Guinness Records, man. Hey, those stunts for education have brought you worldwide fame. David Rush, who has broken five, nearly, nearly 250 Guinness World Records to promote STEM wow. education, said it took him an hour and seven minutes to break the record for the greatest distance traveled while balancing a guitar on his chin. Wow. Rush walked 13 laps around a track, a total of 3.4 miles before the guitar fell. The total was enough to claim the record. Rush said he has to fight. He had to fight a light breeze during his walk, and afterward, he found himself so dizzy and sore he had to lie down on the ground for a time to recover. Wow, dude! <laughs> yeah, I could not care. I okay. I don't think I could walk three point four miles, but let's just say. <laughs> 
I couldn't walk around a track 3.4 miles worth with wow. a guitar and no. a strap around my shoulder. You know, yeah. I, just, I couldn't carry it. That's just a touch more than a 5K. You know, people go do 5Ks just as social events, you know? Right. That's yeah, just a touch idiots. more than a 5K. And wow. I just can't imagine doing that, looking straight up in the air, balancing uh, something on my chin. That's just nuts. My neck already hurts. <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know a couple of minutes ago we were talking about uh david rush he's mm-hmm. a guy who is raising money and awareness for stem research which is phenomenal stuff yeah. he breaks guinness book of world records but um one thing two things came to mind one if you miss any part of the show you know we have a podcast right yeah. it's uploaded by 10 o'clock most days central time I'm not sure on Google. It could be tomorrow. But anyway, um, we have the daily podcast of the show, and we'd love for you to, you know, download that. You won't miss anything. And, of course, tell your friends. But second, Mark, I've never actually run a marathon, okay? Mm, But I know you did a 5K one time, right? A 5K. Yes, I did. And then 5Ks are, you know... It's a fun run, usually, right? Yeah, it is. It's a fun run. And, And the word run... I, you shouldn't put that in there because usually okay. people walk a 5K. The people really? who are competitors and runners, they finish a 5K in like under 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes, and they're done. And the rest of the right. crowd is out there for a couple hours <laughs> just walking oh. along, talking. Really? You know, this it's just, <clears throat> that's okay. it's, it's a fundraiser usually okay. is what it is, right? Now, did you, I got to ask you, did you? I know it was part of uh, the Scott Dawson Evangelistic Association. Yeah, it was a staff thing. Yeah, we, right. we all went uh, because Scott got into running. And, of course, he thought everybody should be into running. So we all went running. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> hey, man, the boss says we're running. <laughs> we're right. running. So we go to Disney World, and some people signed up for the 10-miler. Um, the uh, No, I, no, I don't think so. And, <clears throat> and uh, there's 10 miles. I... I mean, uh, when you're when you're feeding the bushes no. because you're running, that's the bad thing, you know. But the yeah. the uh, then the other option was the uh, the five k, which is three point two miles, and okay. you line up in the dark. They put you in all these uh, in these areas, and there's thousands. I mean, thousands of people really? do in this thing. And really? now, wait a minute. You say in the dark. I mean, does it start early in the day or oh, late at night? Oh yes, early, early, early before daylight. Okay, so when everybody's okay. lining up and getting ready, there's a DJ. There's there's music. There's all really? kinds of stuff happening. Oh yeah, it's a big. There's big, some obnoxious guy like hey, us trying to be yeah, funny. There's a uh, big. It's a big production. It's a huge production. Sending everybody off at the start line, and okay. so we're we our corral of people gets lined up at the start line and i'm kind of scoping things out and there's people dressed in disney stuff you know there's there's you know there's cinderella there's you know there's people they're not dressed like them but you can tell from their their race wear this is who they're representing you know this is the thing it's it's a disney thing right right okay and then there's this skinny kid in a banana (laughs) costume And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, what the, I don't understand is I, I'm not because I'm, I was like, you know, really into Disney. I don't get the banana thing, but you know, right. you do you. And he's there with his grandmother. I think she's this little skinny lady wearing her, her, uh, her 
running shoes and he's got his shoes on in the banana costume. <laughs> and this is wow. way before I had knee surgeries and I knew right. this day was going to kill me. You know, this, yeah. this is going to be a bad day for Mark because wow. I'm just going to be in, I'm going to be in recovery for the rest of the day after this. Right. This is going to hurt a lot, but I'm thinking if I, as long as banana boy and granny don't get ahead of me, I feel like I've accomplished something. <laughs> they didn't. I beat banana boy and granny. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So that was and you my know, day. And you know, Granny was telling Banana Boy, we can't let that fat old guy beat us. <laughs> yeah, come on. The Mark and Mac Show. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Mac Show. The day after the uh, 4th of July celebration. Yep. Uh, the liberals kind of went, or the Hollywood liberals kind of went nutty yesterday with their anti, you know, Independence Day celebration stuff. Yeah. But, you know, there was one uh, of all the vile, or not vile, just immature and disgusting things that were put out there, you know. I wonder, you know, when, I don't know when profanity, you know, in public, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. be became a thing. But, I don't know. Anyway, I found it funny. Um, some of the comments, okay, that were because I'm thinking one of the great things about our nation and the Independence Day celebration is that if something happens that you don't like, you can fight to change it, yeah, you know, to yeah. sway public opinion, to, you know, we have recourse. And that's where, think about it, when Roe versus Wade happened uh, in the early 70s, there were a lot of people that were really against it, you know? Yeah. yeah. There were a lot of people that were really for it. And, the thing is, I I do think one of the reasons there was a major backlash over the last 50 years is because of the lying mm -hmm. that went on. Um, I think uh, that for me in particular, because I grew up in an era where I was a, a kid when it was passed. And so I grew up with it always being a part of life. Right. And I, you know, we were told it was nothing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then as I became an adult and learned more and more and more about what it was and that they knew it and where they were lying to get that support, you know, mm -hmm. that's what bothered me. And it bothered millions of other people. Yeah. It's like, no, this is not nothing, you know? Right. You should have been honest. And so now when I see people, you know, frustrated and, and upset and mad, I'm thinking, guys, the greatest thing about this is that if you don't like this, you can organize and fight for a change, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. There's a right way and a wrong way to do everything. If you feel strongly about something, get involved. That, yeah. Yeah. That's freedom. Yeah. That, to me, is freedom anyway. And the but, problem is that on the left, yeah, when the people decide for themselves how they want to govern themselves, if the left right. disagrees, they, they drag it through the courts and change it. Yes. Like we saw it happen with Prop 8 in California back in 2008 mm -hmm. when the people voted against gay marriage. The people three voted times. Three times. And eventually it went to... I think it, I know it went to the ninth court of appeals at, at some point. I think it went to the Supreme court at some point. Yeah, it did. You know, it did. So, so they finally, they finally used the court system to overturn the will of the people is what they right. did. And that's, that's the problem. Mm -hmm. That's what they will do, which is why it's yeah. so important to appoint, you know, to elect conservative people who reflect your, your views, maybe not a hundred percent of your views, but at least, you know, right. you can count on them for most things. Elect and those people. And they will appoint the justices, the judges, and, and the like, right. who are going to reflect the opinion and the views of the people, and most yeah. importantly, the Constitution. 
Now, here's the funny part, Mark. Yeah. This is what got my attention because I know better for you and me to go political because right. it can be yeah. an all day thing. Yeah, but here's the be, deal. Yeah. Yeah. So Bette Midler, uh, she you know used uh, uh, Twitter and yeah. posted a thing: "Women of the world." Okay, now obviously she's very liberal, you know, and all that. And she made a couple of posts, you know. Uh, she let it be known that you know she uh, tweeted out a meme: "Red Fourth of July has been canceled following a shortage of independence." Sincerely, women. Okay, mm -hmm. Bette Midler posted that. Now. Then she wrote this women of the world. We are being stripped of our rights over our bodies, our lives, and even our name. They don't call us women anymore. They call us birthing people or menstruators and even a, a couple of things. I really don't want to say, but bottom line yeah, yeah. is that she said, don't let them erase you. Every human on earth owes you. Okay. Mark, I don't know one conservative individual who wants to call a woman anything other than a woman. We have men, we have women, okay? Right, yeah. It's liberals that are going with this birthing people thing. Exactly. Liberals are the ones not wanting to call women women. They're the ones who can't identify what a woman is. Yeah. So if if she is being honest and saying this, we need to fight this on every level, great. Then you're being an equal opportunity protester. Right. You know, which is actually the way that our country is mm. we can mm -hmm. be all those things <laughs> and then there are a couple people like you know separate church and state and all that and you yeah. know i always i always want to give a lesson you know right, a history yeah. lesson about what that is yeah. uh, but one last little thing and i don't know which you know actress uh, posted it but it was something she was in france and was talking about women's rights and you know how you know it's nice to be here where you know celebrating women's rights or whatever and it was like if she had done any research, she would have found out while she's celebrating women's rights in France, right? Mm. She would realize she's from, lives in California. She's just vacationing in France. But in California, you know, the state law there, you can actually have an abortion almost up to birth. And yeah. the Supreme Court, you know, didn't change that. Right. That's but people don't understand. They just kicked it down to the states to make their own decision. Yeah. And. She's over there protesting and showing that she actually is ignorant of the laws of the world and what she is trying to celebrate. Because in France, <laughs> yeah, they've got more restrictive rights there on abortion than we do in the United States, even after most of the Supreme Court decision. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so somebody did point that out to her. And it's like people just assume that the, the you know, people being <laughs> liberals, you know, that watch CNN or whatever, they think yeah. that that's the truth. And they don't realize that they're being lied to mm -hmm. and they don't want to admit it because then they have to admit that they have been had, they've yeah. been used and they're being, you know, foolish. Yeah. I mean, in most cases they are grossly ignorant and they're just shoving their ignorance down your throat is what they're doing. And on top of all that, what's yeah. really bad is if they try to get informed mm -hmm. and they try to use CNN or MSNBC or uh, even PBS, <laughs> they're still misinformed. Know, if, <laughs> right. And that's, I feel bad for them because I want to yeah. say, well, wait a minute, you know, you're, you're trying to be informed. You're trying to stay in, you know, what's happening yeah. and you believe that they're telling you the truth. And if it was the truth, it'd be different, but you're, you cannot trust the sources you're trusting and, right. and bless your heart. You know, I, I keep going back to VP, uh, saying you know talking about solar power and oh, yeah, military yeah. and taking yeah. a, a solar screen and just setting yeah. it up and having power and i'm like boy <laughs> if that was the way it is i would who wouldn't be for that exactly just not how that's <laughs> not how any of this works <laughs> that's right life radio.fm the mark and max show and you know, Mark, when we have a story um, in our the show stuff that you put together and 
uh, we have Great Britain or some European story, and mm-hmm. it has a connection to Alabama. Right. That just catches my attention because, you know, when you talk to somebody that's out like, hey, man, did you see Nick Saban at the Dixie Mart? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> like, yes. You know, uh, yeah, it brings it home. Yeah. Right. Well, this pigeon travels from England to an Alabama animal shelter. Uh huh. An al- like, what was he doing? I don't know. Let's an Alabama, an animal shelter in South Alabama posted to social media about a stray pigeon being brought in by an elderly gentleman looking for some help. Little did the shelter know it was just a stop on the pigeon's international adventure. <laughs> the Monroe County Animal Shelter said a man from Mexia walked into the shelter with the pigeon Thursday. The bird had bands had bands around its legs and wouldn't leave the man's home. So the man decided to go to the shelter for help. The shelter said they were able to get the tracking numbers off the band. It also used a microchip scanner to help track down a web page called North of England Homing Union, located in Newcastle <laughs> upon Tyne in the UK. On the website, there was a form to fill out if you find a stray pigeon. The shelter followed those instructions and was immediately contacted by the owner, Alan Todd. The pigeon, a four-year-old bird named Bab, <laughs> set off on a 10-hour journey uh, it has taken before when it left the Channel Islands in England three weeks ago to return wow. to Newcastle. However, the bird instead ended up in Alabama, about 4,000 miles from its home. On Saturday, the shelter said the pigeon is still in good condition. It's gaining weight. According to The Guardian, Todd has been reunited with his bird over video calls several times over the past few days. He plans to travel to Alabama to get the pigeon and take it back to Newcastle. Wow. Wow. Talk about That's, taking a wrong turn. <laughs> yeah. Man. What a trip. I, I don't understand, you know, the whole bird mm. stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, but it's like when I think about how you would even begin to train, you know, yeah. it's like, do they know? And again, if we're going to low jack, why can't we use the little rice things that have the <laughs> antenna in them? That's what I want to know. Cause I thought we'd all been low jacked by now, you know, <laughs> you want to be able to track that bird in real time on your iPhone. Right. Why yeah. can't we? I want to know. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe because the smallest we can get that to work properly is like those little tags that the apple has which yeah. i can't remember the name oh, of right now air tag air tags yeah the uh those things hmm. and those things are about the size i don't know a little bit yeah. around a bigger a than a quarter a little bit bigger yeah. than a quarter hmm. where are you going to inject well, that on a pigeon <laughs> i don't know <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark Many of the time, you and I have talked about movies that are coming out, and <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't go to a lot of movies. Oh, um, me I, either, yeah. It just because I, the last couple of times I went back in the day, you know, it just, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I took Braylon to the movies the other day, and I haven't been to a movie with Braylon in a long time because the last time we went, you know, we paid all the money, and I think. I'm trying to remember how much of the movie we got into, mm-hmm. but it, it seems like we didn't quite get past the second trailer, um, <laughs> you know, and, and bless his heart, you know, so that yeah. was like the last time, but now I went to this theater that I've been to before they've remodeled it and everything. And yeah. I knew that it has the reclining chairs right, and all yeah. that. It's got all that now. And, um, anyway, so I took him to go see minions, uh, oh. when, the beginning of group. Yeah. And, well, he didn't move. I had to go to the bathroom more than he did. You know, it was like, <laughs> dude, 
Um, I felt weird leaving and they're like, um, hey man, um, you want to go to the bathroom with Paul? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay you know anyway no you creep leave me alone <laughs> dude he didn't leave the whole time he sat right there and just i mean it was amazing that's and great watch the whole thing and all the while i'm thinking man now i think i want to see maverick you know the <laughs> top yeah. gun sequel or yeah, whatever that, it is and that's what we did over the weekend yeah. now did you see it in a regular theater or yeah. did you see it like an imax no not an imax i've done the yeah. imax thing before and i wasn't impressed and it's just okay I got to be honest with you. I, they yeah. tell you it's shot. It's it's made for IMAX. Well, there's some right. scenes that are made for IMAX. Oh, okay. You know, and I would imagine the dogfight scenes, you know, the in cockpit yeah. stuff. Remember from the mm -hmm. original Top Gun? Yeah. Where they would show you the, in, the guys yeah. flailing around inside saying, I see him, I see him, I see him. You know, that's right. sort of, sort of, I would imagine that those scenes would work really well in IMAX. But those would be, yeah. the, those would be the scenes that would be there and the rest of the movie would all be in a regular size okay. in the middle of the so you had like theater, yeah. 11 seconds here four seconds there eight <laughs> seconds there and then you right. walk out dizzy yeah yes. yeah kind of like that. that's what i'm thinking okay. but but so, we saw it and uh, we thoroughly enjoyed it in fact i know you're a huge tom cruise fan oh gosh, so no. oh yeah thanks a lot <laughs> no knowing what i know about tom cruise right. and his ties to scientology i am yeah. not a tom cruise fan right and because the guy's just a no, dirtbag. He's a dirtbag. Yeah. Let's just put it that okay. way. Uh, listen, when you use your church to break <laughs> your marriage up twice, two different right. marriages because you're chasing after other women and they do it for you, <laughs> yeah. then no, I don't respect you at all. And I'd rather you no. not get a penny of my money. But, but this movie, wow, yeah. this movie is okay. really, really, really good. Really? So it's worth it? Yeah. I think it, absolutely it's worth it. Is it better than the first one? Yes, it is. <gasps> it really? is that's and you know what that's a tough call to make because if yeah. you've only seen the seen the first one you remember mm -hmm. the dog fights you remember the yeah. love story you remember goose mm -hmm. you remember all oh. that stuff that you know that happens and it's just like it, it, it's a great movie and then you see this one that plays on almost all of that stuff really? uh, it plays on the relationship with goose it repl it plays uh. on on what's happening with the uh, with maverick now you know okay. with because he's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah. it's 30 years, 20, 30 years later. And he's, right. he's okay. still, you know, he's still not mm -hmm. gone up in rank. Okay. He's not, you know, a lot of things have happened and yeah, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's actually really good. Really. All right. So really good. I'm going to go, I'm going to go see it and then we can spoil it. Okay. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Go see it. Yeah. <laughs> Life radio.fm mark and max show and you know mark before we move too much further um you talked about seeing maverick over the weekend yeah, and i'm yeah, kind of yeah. laughing because i know how much you love tom cruise oh, and gosh. i just the thing is is that you know i saw top gun when it came out in the 80s i saw it in theaters mm -hmm. and i remember how um the navy um enlistment went up you know for naval aviators right uh, after that movie and it was a big deal you know that was it was just incredible that you know the amount of people that signed up based on seeing a movie right and you know knowing the history on maverick you know that this thing because of covid19 uh, they didn't know what they were going to do because theaters were shut down when it was ready to come out finally mm. and you know i a lot of movies that were in that zone they released you know online to you know pay-per-view or whatever um, or HBO Cinemax kind of thing. And this movie, because it's like you, you know, if you want to enjoy it, you've got to see it on a big screen. You really do. And yeah. 65 or 70 inches in the living room ain't the same kind no, of thing. No, it's not. 
Okay. Some movies but, you can get away with that, but something like this, oh, yeah. this big, right. you really need to see it on a big screen with that big sound system pounding right. you in the chest. You've got to see that. that <laughs> it's an event film. It now, is, yeah. you also, but you were telling me about another film you watched over the weekend called uh, Unplanned. Unplanned, yeah. And it's it's been out a couple of years. It was released in uh, 2019. And it's the story of Abby Johnson, who uh, was Planned Parenthood's youngest at the time. Um, clinic director she she started off as a volunteer and right. uh, worked a total of eight years for them um and she did everything from escorting girls from their cars into the clinic to to what ultimately brought about her deciding to leave mm-hmm. and which was actually running the ultrasound for an abortion one day something mm-hmm. she'd never done and actually seeing the the baby move away and mm. and fight against the suction instrument that was being inserted. Uh, she saw it fighting for his life and that changed everything for her. Mm-hmm. And the movie uh, came out, like I said, it came out a couple of years ago and there was a little bit of controversy when it did because it got an R rating. It's a Christian mm. film. It got an R rating. Mm. And the reason they said was for, you know, for the, the, <clears throat> that abortion scene where you see the, the, right. the ultrasound, which was, that was all done with CGI to make you know sure. to make it happen but uh then there's also there's also you know blood going into into canisters and things yeah. like that it's it's gross and there's there's yeah. a, there's another couple of scenes with people bleeding you know and having yeah. troubles gotcha. but i think primarily i think i've seen i gotta be honest with you i think i've seen pg-13 films that were worse yeah and i really think that the the mpaa gave it a an r rating to keep people from seeing it right i think so but I would recommend it. I would recommend it yeah. strongly because uh, her story is her story is astounding. And I've been following her on social media for years just because she has a she has an organization called and then they were none. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there were none. And mm-hmm. what it is, is she helps people get out. She, it's like she's rescuing people from cults. She's mm-hmm. she's helping people who work for Planned Parenthood get out of the abortion industry. Wow. And that's what she, she does that. And she helps young mothers uh, who have decided to keep their babies. And uh, she's, she's got a big success story where she's helping people. She's helped people find other jobs and uh, get other things, you know, to, to support themselves and their families and to get away from what they've been doing when they realize how evil what they're doing actually is. I would, mm-hmm. if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Go see unplanned or go, okay. go rent unplanned. Yeah. It's, Yeah. Find it someplace. Yeah. And, and watch it. It's, I think it's an important movie that not enough people saw because they gave it a rating. It really didn't deserve. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And no Mark uh, with yesterday being independence day and, um, a lot of, a lot of negativity around it, you know, with young mm-hmm. people and, and li- young people and liberals, young people probably haven't learned it because, you know, it was well, not taught well in school. Yeah. You know, I remember things, Mark, and they're being educated by liberals. So, right. Yes. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. I thing is, I wish, I wish kids today that are being taught by liberal pinko commies. I wish they would give them the same attention I gave my teachers when I was growing up because <laughs> they won't learn Jack, you know, it'll be later on, you know, when they get interested in it. But one of the things I saw and it, it's gotten a lot of attention. It was a world war two vet who's a hundred years old now. Mm. And, um, 
he was talking about the the country you know that they fought for right you know that yeah. things have changed and he said people don't realize what they have uh the things we did and the things we fought for and the boys that died for it it's all gone down the drain mm -hmm. um he said we haven't got the country we had when i was raised not at all nobody will have the fun i had nobody will have the opportunity i had and i disagree with that it's just not the same, and that's not what our boys, that's not what they died for. Mm -hmm. But then he added this, okay? You just remember everything is beautiful and live every day to the fullest. Mm -hmm. Just enjoy everything you possibly can. Yeah. And here I sit at 100. They tell me I'm 100. I don't believe it sometimes because I don't need to worry about age. I'm not going to. I just keep on hang, keeping on. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I said, the only thing I disagree with is opportunity because... Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know what opportunity looked like in the 30s and 40s. I wasn't there. But I know that when I hear people talking about a lack of opportunity, um, and I'm like, a lot of times they talk about outcome, you know, of what happened in the end. And oh, yeah. I know people who have rolled the dice and risked, you know, everything to try to achieve something. And, you know, sometimes you fail. Sometimes you succeed. It's just you have that opportunity. Right. So you have to create it. It doesn't come to you. That's the whole idea of opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. it yeah. knocks, you know, yeah. but uh, it's just too many people spend their time blaming. Uh, but, you know, we had a lot of people talking about history this past couple of days that really mm -hmm. have no clue. And you've oh, been pointing true, yeah. to, out to me a number of things about the yeah. Declaration of Independence. Well, the thing is that w that we're being told today that this nation it, declaring its independence and becoming a nation was founded on slavery and racism. That's what they're actually teaching our kids in schools today. Right. And in order to believe that, you have to ignore some things which are actually in writing <laughs> that are there that you can actually go look at. And one of those Oops. things is an early draft of the Declaration of Independence um, and a section of it which didn't make the final cut. Um, and, okay. and the reason it didn't was, well, I'll explain after I read this to you, but I want you to hear what Thomas Jefferson wrote in this particular section in the grievances to, to the king, King George, okay. they're talking about all these things that he was doing that they disagreed with, that they was hampering them. Right? I'll tell you what, hey, Mark, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. Let's take a quick time out sure. and come back because I really want to be able to spend time and I don't want to rush. Right. I want you to be able to have time because that Declaration of Independence is the reason that the colony said we've had enough. Right. Yeah. And we need to form our own thing. And they set that Declaration of Independence out for the world. You know, mm -hmm. they did it here at home. Let's make sure everybody knows why we're doing this. Right. And let the world know because this is going to be a fight, you yep. know, and yep. this is. Yep. And so let's come back with that in okay. just a minute. That's good. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and you know mark uh during the course of our day you and i both have uh a real problem with shiny objects you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, Ding! You know squirrel Ooh. <laughs> whatever yeah and i used to think it was just me and i wouldn't say anything but i know it's you too oh yeah I, you, you'll talk about working on something and then you'll tell me a story later i'm like wait a minute <laughs> where did that happen <laughs> anyway so when I look at like the Declaration of Independence, okay, yeah, yeah. when we finish up today, I'm going to end up looking at what you were talking about. I'm going to look through that, and I know that somehow I'm going to end up on a story about a woman who brought a baby, a stash of drugs to a Florida prison visit. I know I'm going to see all of that today, uh -huh. yeah. and maybe a kangaroo or a shark. <laughs> it could be. 
<laughs> and I think this qualifies. Ow. <laughs> A 44-year-old Florida woman brought her infant grandchild along with a stash of cocaine and heroin to a recent prison visit. Guards searching visitors at the DeSoto Correctional Institution on Sunday found nearly 100 grams, it's three and a half ounces, of drugs during the jail's check-in process, according to sheriff's officials. DeSoto County Sheriff's deputies arrested the woman. Then a canine named Liberty conducted a free air sniff of her car, where an additional 24 ounces of cocaine and heroin were located alongside a baby's car seat and other essentials. The baby was turned over to the Florida Department of Children and Families. The woman was charged with trafficking in heroin and cocaine, introduction of contraband into a correctional facility, child abuse (laughs) slash neglect, and possession of drug paraphernalia. And a partridge in a pear tree. Wow, she... (laughs) (laughs) Did she park? Did she park in the wrong place too? I mean, <laughs> yikes! And they also uh, charged her for not wearing a seatbelt. That's what I'm guessing. You know, <laughs> liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show, and you know, Mark. Many's the time I've wondered about an underground eel pit, uh, just because I've never, you know. Today's show has been full of things I've never heard of. I mean, we remember earlier today we had the yeah. large African slow snail, whatever it was. Yes, the giant you know, African snail, yes. Yeah, and trying to figure out how does something that is so big and slow get away from anybody? I mean, for real. <laughs> but it does. Now we've got an under, this is what the headline says. Underground eel pit turns Kentucky man into TikTok star. Yeah, an animal-loving Kentucky man is becoming famous on TikTok after converting the basement of his house into an eel pit. Nick Tobler said he was inspired to create the eel habitat when he and his brother moved into their grandmother's old house in Taylor Mill, and he inspected the home's underground rain cistern, which was originally designed to store rainwater for conversion into fresh drinking water. Tobler said his uh, said his TikTok account called Cow Turtle spiked to hundreds of thousands of followers when he started the process of filling the cistern, which he accesses via a hatch inside the house, filling it with water, eels, and goldfish. He says the very first video I posted was a week before we moved into the house. I see the manhole cover in the corner of my garage. I was like, "Oh, cool! My house comes with a future eel pond." Tobler said he currently has 11 or 12 American eels in the underground pond, in addition to a few dozen other pets inside the house, including tarantulas, a caiman, caiman, and an Australian lungfish. Tobler posts videos showing off his other animals, but his eel pit videos are by far the most popular on TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. He says, quote, I'm surprised this specifically is what did it. (laughs) I think I think I do way cooler stuff. Wow. Trust me, it ain't cool that gets you recognized. It's weird. That's what gets you yeah, recognized. <laughs> that, you're right. But, okay, Mark, Australian Australian lungfish. Australian lungfish. Yes. What in the world is an Australian lungfish? I mean, I've never. No. This is a show of nevers. Never have uh, I ever heard of an Australian lungfish. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Good grief. Listen to the Mark and Mac show. Learn something every day. There you go. 
Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hear this. Mark and Mac are back. The Mark and Mac Show. Weekday mornings on liferadio.fm.